Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, I am Tim Geddes and I am joined today by Game Over Greggy himself, Greg Miller. Hello, Tim. And joining us at the table for one of his rare appearances, the saddest boy that I've ever met. <laughs> Barrett Courtney. Tim, you were saying before the show, you know, sometimes we do some test runs before an intro, right? And you're saying that sometimes when the fog machine goes off, when we're doing a test, it smells different. Then when we actually do it, you're onto something. Yeah. You're onto something. I'm onto right. something. I'm telling you. Right. Know, like, he's, you know. he's only bringing it up because he. To- I told him how much it bothered me that you said that. <laughs> but no, now it's because he brought it up. Period, Kev. So then you think about it, and it yeah. was like, oh, it's much sweeter now. Yeah, it's, it's much different. sweeter. Yeah. Kev, you don't run it as long as you think you do during the previews, the test. It's the exact same time. Kev, it's, it's on you. It's the exact same button. So is the extra second that gives it that extra flavor? I think or? So. Oh, yeah. yeah Marinate a bit mm-hmm. more. Might be. We've gotten that. to the bottom of it, everybody. And that beautiful voice you hear is the one and only Jared Green. Jared, Woo! how are you doing? Hello. It's great to finally see some of you again over since what seven eight years ago jesus yeah man since, so, the, since the pandemic separated us and, and we never returned exactly it's exciting to have you here because you are a a big assassin's creed fan you actually you reached out uh i forgot how it all got connected mm. but i heard through you and then i heard through joey and stuff like yeah, that joey, of like, I think was it uh because yeah jared uh you've uh i think done some reviews for like the valhalla dlc uh yeah, so i did all the yeah. Well, the DLC. Yeah. It hurt a little bit because you got to do it all like very, very quickly. Like playing 40 <laughs> hour games as quickly as possible. Great, yeah. great move for your uh, mental health. And did but did yes. you review those for, for who? For IGN. Awesome. Just like this one. Right? Um, cool. Just Whoa. like this one. Mirage. I also reviewed. Um, I, it was funny because I wasn't a huge, I wasn't huge into the RPG Witcher 3 esque um, Assassin's Creed's until I really got into Valhalla. And then I be kind of backsourced my way into like really getting into it again, uh, partially thanks to Barrett's sort of like in review. Hell yeah. Because um, I remember play, I had played, you know, the old ones like everybody else did. And I got really into them. Black Flag, like everybody else was like the, the high point. And then kind of Unity kind of fell off. Syndicate was kind of like, yeah. And then I was I was excited to be over. Oh, OK. Then I got wrapped back in. And it, it's Partially your fault, Bear. Hell yeah. <laughs> the boys are back. You know what they call us, Tim? Mm. BJ. No. Oh. BJ, because the, okay. Barrett and Barrett, Jarrett. Barrett, yeah. It's true. Okay. Barrett, okay. <laughs> boys. Uh, so here's what's going on here. We're reviewing Assassin's Creed Mirage. This one's been a long time coming. A return to form, hopefully, for uh, the original type of Assassin's Creed games. We're going to review it here on this Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, you can get all of our reviews on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and RoosterTeeth.com as a video. But if you're looking for the audio version, search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games cast, and we will be right there for you. I keep saying this, though. Gamescast isn't the only place you want to be. P.S. I love you, XOXO, the Kind of Funny X cast. All year long, we've been killing it, and we're going to continue to do that the next couple months left in 2023. If you want to go above 
above and beyond, though. Get yeah. all of that stuff ad-free. Watch live as we record it. A whole bunch of bonus content. Patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you want to go. Just like our Patreon producers, Jedi Master Deadpool and Delaney Twining. We appreciate you so very, very much. Uh, today, we're brought to you by Shady Rays, Rocket Money, and DoorDash. But I will tell you all about that later. We got to talk about Assassin's Creed. Of course, Barrett, one of the biggest Assassin's Creed fans. I know he did his Assassin's Creed in review series over, uh, not series, it was a one-off, right? Yeah. Uh, on uh, last year. No, it's it's it been it almost it's been almost three years, Tim. So that was like. Good Lord. I know. That was February 2021, I believe. And that's like the weird thing that I put together while starting up Mirage was like, damn, it's been almost three years since. Valhalla, because Valhalla was part of the PS5 launch. When we were, wow. so, when so we this were is the longest there, we've waited. When we were sitting there night one texting about it, and you said that, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And I didn't even think about that. Yeah. that is, that's wild. You can go check out uh, Barrett's uh, Assassin's Creed review, where he ranks and reviews every single Assassin's Creed game mm. based on his taste. He's going to add this one today. Perhaps we'll have to wait and see. Um, but of course, Barrett will be the lead reviewer here at Kind of Funny for this game. Uh, Jared's joining us with the perspective from IGN. And then Greg Miller's joining us as well. Another big Assassin's Creed guy. That's me. But I would say more on the more modern side than the, yeah. the OGs, right? I mean, I loved uh, AC2 in Brotherhood. But yeah, th those are the ones I would say that made me an Assassin's Creed fan. But yeah, obviously, even playing this one, which I redacted we haven't talked about our opinions yet i still found myself being like man i miss cassandra i miss odyssey i love odyssey so much but that isn't that isn't a commentary on this one in terms of you know it's just we'll yes, get into it we'll, i fucking love assassin's creed odyssey that's good, what you need to say good, good, good. <laughs> so then let's get right into it barrett kick us off what would you give assassin's creed mirage on the kind of funny scale so it's interesting when uh, thinking about mirage and like booting it up for the first night and just like Thinking about the game itself, the review and all of this, and uh, kind of thinking about the history of Assassin's Creed, right? It's this thing that started in 2007 as like this kind of spiritual successor to Prince of Persia. Uh, and then, you know, they, they struck gold, I would say, with Assassin's Creed 2. Sure. And then it was just like, all right, we're making this the yearly franchise. And we got, I think, nine main Assassin's Creed in uh, in the span of like eight years because there's that one year they released two and they had found a formula and they're like, all right, we're going to stick with this formula and make some improvements, make some differences here and there with each release. And we all got burned out very easily. Uh, by the <laughs> how, time. how long are you going to keep making these yearly? Yeah. Ubisoft's response, as long as you keep buying them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then Syndicate comes out and Syndicate was the last like traditional Assassin's Creed game uh, before we moved into the the more open world RPG heavy uh, games with Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. And that was eight years ago, which is insane to think about of like, that was the last time we got something that was a little bit more like the old school ones that people know and love really well of to Brotherhood and all that. Uh, and so then we get into the open world RPG stuff. We have three of those games and, you know, those are, you know, different tastes for different people for each game. Uh, but I do feel like the open world RPG side of the series, people got burnt out on a little bit quicker than uh, the the traditional Assassin's Creed stuff. We were drowning in content. Yeah, we were just, there's just traditionally so much. you eventually ended up drowning in installments. This yeah. one was like, all right, how long is fucking Valhalla? Oh, I can't yeah. end this thing. Yeah, like yeah, Odyssey had so many deals. Like all three of them had like a, a good chunk of uh, of DLCs. That Jarrett knows with reviewing all the Valhalla ones, uh, and so it's. <laughs> It's interesting of this one kind of the selling point is like we're going back to the old school, you know, like for the fans who have who have missed that 
kind of like magic that we had back in like AC one through like AC brotherhood and even like uh black flag and all that. Uh, we're, we're trying to hit something here specifically from the early kind of era of Assassin's Creed. And I think, uh, what Ubisoft, Ubisoft Bordeaux specifically has done here. This is their, this is a newer studio under Ubisoft. This is their first like major like game that they've actually like led. Um, I think this was a great attempt at, doing that of evoking that early assassin's creed formula uh so yeah i think this is a great game i think they did the assignment they were looking to bring back the nostalgia bring back the formula of what we loved from those early assassin's creed games and i think they nailed it i think this is a really fun time uh something that i've kind of had going on in my head is that like you know there's a lot of variations of like the early assassin's creed formula uh like brotherhood was the the one to really start off of like taking over enemy territories and all this stuff. And this one is going even before that. Like, I would say this game is really trying to stick to, like, AC1 and AC2 of, like, yeah, it's an open, sprawling city and all this stuff. There's a lot of side activities, but you're not like, oh, this area's red, and now you're going to do all these activities to slowly, like, make it blue for your side or anything like that, right? And with that, like, I think this was the closest Ubisoft could come to remaking Assassin's Creed 1 without remaking Assassin's Creed 1. Cool. Um, and that comes with all the highs and lows there. Uh, I think the the story is really fun. I do think there's a middle section of the story where it's like, all right, I feel like I'm going a, a little bit through the motions here of like who I'm going after, what's my motivation with like going after these specific uh, people. Uh, but it, I think it has like a really strong introduction to Bossom, who is a character from Valhalla. This is all about his origin story of how he became a part of the, uh, the hidden ones lore stuff for you. That's what they called the assassins before they were called the assassins and his journey into getting into, to the creed and uh, navigating through all of that. I think it's got a really good premise. Uh, and I think it hits the, it, it, it Nails the landing at the end for me, story-wise. Gameplay-wise, I think it's... There's a lot of, you know, greater... Conver or, like, more in-depth conversations we'll have, but I think there's a really good balance of, like, pulling from early AC design when it comes to, like, really prioritizing stealth, uh, social stealth, all of that stuff, um, but then also not completely ignoring everything they learned from, like, the past 16 years, essentially. Um, I felt like a lot of, like, the... Uh, camps and stuff that you're like sneaking into feel a little bit more designed like uh, enemy camps or buildings or whatever, what have you from like Odyssey and Valhalla of like, just like a little bit more intricate and a little bit more modern to keep things engaged and not have you feel like you're actually playing a game from 15 years ago. Uh, so I think there's a lot of like smart design choices. I think there's a lot of safe choices in uh, in gameplay as well. Um and so, yeah, I think this is a great entry. I think if you're missing the kind of old school Assassin's Creed formula and you're looking for something to play, I think this is a, a good place to like kind of get back into it. Um, I think the the story stuff will be interesting for people who have not played Valhalla. I'm interested to see like what people take away from it, but I had a great time. And honestly, the biggest compliment I can give this, right, is that we got this, I think, last Wednesday, that's uh, maybe last yeah, Tuesday or yeah, something like that. Tuesday, I think, maybe. So we got this last week, early last week, and then we got Spider-Man a few days later. And I've had Spider-Man downloaded on my PS5 since Friday. And at no point, like, obviously, I had to prioritize Mirage because I was on the review. But at no point while playing Mirage did I think to myself, 
Oh, I could just start up Spider-Man right now. Like I was just really enjoying being back in this world uh, and just like having a grand old time with it. So yeah, four out of five on the kind of funny. Four scale. out of five from Bear Courtney as the lead reviewer at Kind of Funny. Greg, yeah, as our other person from Kind of Funny here. Sure. What are you gonna give it? Have you beat it? No, 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 no. So I went the opposite of Barrett, where I have put five hours into Assassin's Creed Mirage. My idea with it, if you've followed me on Gamescast or Games Daily talking about this, has been like, oh, yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mirage is coming. I keep, forget <laughs> I keep forgetting about Mirage. I keep forgetting about Mirage. So when we got code ahead of Spider-Man, which either you or I are reviewing, we haven't decided because we haven't talked in two weeks, uh, I was like, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll jump into Mirage and kill time until Spider-Man gets here or whatever. Since that's Barrett's lead reviewing that, I might be lead review on Spider-Man, and if not... I should be briefed on Spider-Man. Um, and I found it incredibly hard to tear myself away from Mirage. Uh, you know, it is one of those things where uh, started it here at uh, San Francisco, had a funeral to go to in Missouri, and it was one of those like, oh, I'll just start it here and then leave it. And then, you know, maybe oh, I think we'll have Spider-Man when I come back. And it was like, okay, well... I'm going to pack the Xbox. I'm going to, I started it after that night one. I was like, I'm, I went to Ubisoft and I requested an Xbox code as well. Cause I was playing on PlayStation and I was like, can I get that? And of course, just like all the modern assassins created it has cross save. So I was awesome. able to take my save from PlayStation, upload it to the cloud, put it onto the Xbox, bring the little X screen and play it on the plane, play it in the airport when I had downtime. And I, it's a joy to play. It, it, it was one of those diving into it, you know, when we were texting the first night, and I was like, holy shit, I forgot how much I missed Assassin's Creed. Like, it's been yeah. three years. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I hit, you, I hit up both you and Jarrett that night. I was yeah. like, I'm, th I'm thinking we're back, baby. Yeah, and it was like, I forgot just how good that gameplay loop is. And, you know, for somebody who, you know, I talked at the top of this about how much I love Odyssey, <clears throat> I loved the gameplay of Valhalla. I forget what it was where I had played a bunch when it launched. And then when uh, during paternity leave, I think I also put, I had some ridiculous hour of like 65 hours when we last, I think talked or something mm -hmm. like that, even though I feel like I've gone nowhere in the story or done anything. And I don't I connect with Avor like I do Cassandra, but it's that idea of in that Boston was like such a side thing to me. I'm just like, oh, I don't, even, I don't really know who is in whatever. He shows up and does the thing and leaves. I'm like, whatever. I was like, I'm not going to care about this guy from the moment in like i think it's a and we're gonna get into it i'm sure i know you and i talked like it's a bit tropey i'm like yeah, yeah but it's like it hits on all the right like aladdin themes of calling him a street rat and all this stuff where i was like i'm feeling it okay cool like this is the guy and this is his motivation okay yeah and like i've had so much fun going on that hero's journey that i've still just started for the, in the grand scheme of things but becoming that assassin and doing that thing and getting into leveling up and their new pickpocketing system and how great Baghdad is like how much fun this city is to explore how yeah. detailed it is but to rip all you know to even move away from that and just be general just the free running being so much fun the climbing being so much fun the combat being so much fun like it's got a great story it looks beautiful and it plays great and I cannot wait to get back to it Hell yeah. Barrett, how long did it take you to, to beat it? So I rolled credits at like nine, oh, nearly 20 hours. I think it was like 19 hours and like 45 minutes. But yeah, I did like a good chunk of like just doing collectibles and stuff like that. Like again, they're they're trying to hit on those like notes from the early Assassin's Creed days. So there's like some cool like uh, collectibles that might get you some cool shit later down the line. Yeah. And so I was like spending a few hours like doing that kind of stuff. Uh, so I feel like I probably could have breezed through it in like maybe... 14 15 hours or something like that which again is like just that's another little detail of just like oh it's nice to be back in this kind of assassin's creed formula where it's not 40 50 60 hours or something like that so uh yeah it was uh, it was a nice sweet little journey which again I, I would say if you're looking for something to to stave you off until spider-man like i i think this was 
I think this might be a good pickup. All right, Jarrett, what did you give it on IGN scale? IGN will give this an eight. Nice. Um, I think <laughs> that's a pretty high score for me. Um, and I think I had to wrestle personally with there are things this game is doing that I really don't like. Oh. Um, I know a lot of people, you, you two specifically, really kind of vied with the story. Mm. I did not. Um, I, I always found Basim to be an interesting character in a microcosm. Like the, mm. the, the role he plays in Valhalla is interesting. The lore um, that brings him, Ivor, and Sigurd together and sort of expands like the possibilities of the whole Isu like sort of background thing is really cool. He himself is kind of just a guy that shows up and is like sneaking around the back. Yeah. And then like, you know, final act, final hour reveal. It was him the whole time kind of situation. Um, <laughs> and I never once sort of left that or the DLC that kind of further explains that and and sort of uh, wraps up Kayla, like the modern version, the modern day counterpart assassin sort of story wraps her up too. I never left any of that package thinking, wow, I would like to know more about Basim's story. Like, how did he get here? Um, and then, you know, devoting a whole game to it, uh, I feel like I really still don't really have an answer. Like by the end of that game, you get to understand how he learns who he is and you kind of hear him like discover and like, this is a new situation. I, I now know, and I am empowered to do trickery and whatever, whatever nonsense I'm about to get into is going to be incredible, but we don't get to do that nonsense. We just kind of get the some learning that he can do the nonsense and that is very tropey in a way that i think i get and i respect in in that it's trying to tell like a very like you remember aladdin kind of story um but i feel like it doesn't do a whole lot for any of the characters involved mm -hmm. i think the best character my favorite characters were sean obviously um but more importantly it's like i don't know that i left feeling like his story or that Bassem as a guy like really evolved like the 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 timeline is moving his beard is growing he is becoming a master assassin but i don't feel like i've invested in that story a whole lot mm. i think maybe if there's one thing i mean I, not to de deride the open worldy ones the you know Valhalla, odyssey and origins are great in their own respects but i think one thing you do much better than what this game does and what many of the sort of older school games do is there's so much time to watch these characters develop in smaller and big for ways. Sure, for yeah. sure. Um, I, Ivor or Avor is one of my favorite characters because you find you, you kind of learn the rest of the world exists with Avor mm -hmm. and you go through all of the emotions that they go through when they find out all of these new things about this place they didn't know about, um, which informs their the little decisions they make informs like their greater characters in such great ways um the parallel between you know the paranoia of sort of avor's growing responsibility of being like the raven clan's like like steward in this new place but also like her brother is i don't know something's wrong with him he's like they used to be homies now they're not is he like what is he up to is he going to stab me in the back uh everything back home is all messed up like what do I do? Like the, the growing paranoia and pressure that is that is uh, leaping onto Ivor's shoulders is paralleled great by Odin's sort of characterization of like a paranoid madman who just wants to figure out the eternity at whatever cost. 
that's like such a great storytelling parallel you couldn't get in like a 20 hour game sure um but like that game is so much fun to play to do the stuff that like there are so there's so little story to kind of attach to that you don't mind that it's like not my favorite part of the game like i'm i was completely fine not being super invested with these people because everything else felt great to do See, I think that's I, an interesting point if I can jump in, right? Is like that yeah. was for me with Valhalla, somebody who played so much Valhalla even, I never felt connected to Eivor. I mm. always was kind of searching to get my feet with her of like, well, what, you know, why am I doing uh, yeah. And there was just so much I felt like I was drowning in it, right? Where I think, again, as tropey as it is in the way you're dropped into this one of street rat, somebody, you know, they've done, somebody's done you wrong and now you have your chance at revenge, but you also want to be something greater. I was like, that's all I need. That's mm -hmm. what I just needed to get the kick in the ass and get out into Baghdad and really start doing some missions. I appreciated that from, I found it refreshing, but I can totally understand where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of in the middle where it's like, I, I liked the setup. And then like, once we get into kind of like the, the action of the, the story and, uh hunting out down certain people to assassinate that's where i started to lose of like all right like i definitely understand what jared's saying here of like where and granted you're like a third of the way through or whatever of like all right yeah there isn't that much of like character story going on here there isn't a lot of like growth and stuff but the the thing that i still personally liked was um kind of like where they go and how they kind of fit it into leading up to the Valhalla story. And while it might not be the, like the most interesting and complex stuff, um, that's where like the, the ending of the game and like where everything kind of leads up into Valhalla. I was like, damn this, this ending, even despite of kind of like the middle chunk of it, not being super interesting, like story wise, but I will get like gameplay wise. I'm still like being sucked into it and just like, you know, just really invested in uh, just being a, a stealthy boy, right? Um, There's still something at the end where I was like, damn, I kind of want to replay Valhalla. <laughs> you oh, know? wow. Like, yeah, and I won't because there's too many goddamn games, but it was just like one of those, like, uh, I, I think Bossom and uh, where he goes is is very interesting. Granted, I haven't played the, the Valhalla DLC, so I don't know if, like, they start dropping the ball there a little bit, but yeah. Sorry, Jared, but uh, back to you. No, I mean, it's all, all the same, you know, we, we can concur on the, most of this like yeah. i think i think it's probably better that they just are like you get it you understand what happens <laughs> when, when when your family is killed and you get like abducted by the assassins you become pull one of them you understand so let's just spend two hours like getting you there and then now we're here just go do it mm -hmm. it's just i wish i i especially wish the go doing felt better um story-wise because it's like you're, you're doing it because uh master said you got to kill that guy really yeah um and, so, and and to not to get too de detailed, we'll get through it there. But like the way they kind of pace that kind of does some some a lot of the lifting mm -hmm. for like making you feel like you're part more part of the adventure. You do you do the investigating. You have to go find the people, but it's still kind of like that guy. Go go get him. Um, and uh, do you feel bad about the fact you got him or not? Who cares? <laughs> so earlier you were saying that uh you gave this uh an eight uh which is high yes. for you and then you're, now you're talking about the story and it seems like it's not really hitting but you're you're saying that the gameplay is is what brings yeah. it up there what scores did you give the the other ones so i i think the i really love the ireland's dlc i forget what it's called for, for Valhalla, but i felt like it added a great new location that felt different or at least I, I both looked different and felt different um than the main game 
in a in a in a world where like there are three continents already and they're all about like verdant medieval Europe and, and America, um, they found a way to make Ireland look like, you know, a postcard. Wrath of <laughs> Wrath of the Druids. Yeah, Wrath of, and you know, the the I think the, the there's similar parallels between like that isolated sort of focused small scale smaller scale sort of design that that parallels into mirage where they just kind of made a smaller space that is dense and full of things to sort of discover i think it's better at like making those those discoveries um memorable like you can just kind of walk into a forest and get attacked by like a weird like bog witch or whatever that's not really happening in mirage for different reasons um and you know the the, the small things to, to to the combat and all that kind of stuff. All that was really great, um, and I, I think it maybe isn't as uh, as gameplay uh, inspiring as Mirage is to me, maybe. But the story I think makes up for that balance, and that's that's why I gave that one as high a score as it did. It's not as high as the other ones, which I feel it kind of just dropped most of the ball, and it kind of just feels like it going through the motions. Even the last one which is like all it's it's the uh asgard side quest but like a whole dlc mm. you would think would be an interesting concept you're, you're you know you're flying through you get new powers that make you godly but it doesn't really do much for any of the important parts of the game mm. um it's just more of the same which is which felt unfortunate um this feels like more of a same that we haven't had in you know 12 years or something like that i mean so let's let's uh, jump off there barrett like do you think that this succeeded in what it went out to, to yeah accomplish. like like uh like i said earlier right of uh, a lot of this reminds me of ac1 and ac2 of just like you know obviously it's but also like a, a little bit like inspired by uh like unity and syndicate right of like what jared is saying of like you're the one going through the motions of like trying to put together who your next target is it's like a it'll always be a question mark of like all right who's this person you're going down these different routes to kind of uncover little things and a little bit of like odyssey of like the uh the like identities of the like hid, the, the masked ones. yeah the hidden uh, uh I, cult people the way they like did that. the investigations here i thought was really well done yeah where yeah it would be like a big circle with question marker grayed out and then little circles around it which the facts would fill in to then as you went out and did your thing that then give you the next mission to then cl- cl- complete that to then fill in the circle it, it felt very batman-y it mm. felt like I was doing mm. a detective mission that I, or, and it feels like as I continue to play yeah. the game that I was doing these detective missions and I really appreciated that. Yeah. And like, so I, I think, I think that was really well done of like a, kind of a, a blend of, again, the, the very early days, but then also mixing in what they've learned over the last 16 years, uh, where it builds up to like the big assassination quest that you have to go on for uh, whichever part of Baghdad that you're in, right? Uh, which reminds me a lot of like uh, what Unity and Syndicate like really uh, were introducing of like, all right, this is like the big this is the big sequence. You have like a couple of different ways of how you can accomplish this. Go find out how to like infiltrate this uh, this area. Um, maybe you'll, uh, you'll find a route that'll get you like a kind of special moment to assassinate the person that you're going after. Uh, there's a couple fun sequences, uh, in there that kind of like help break up the, uh, the monotony a little bit in the, in the middle of the game. Um, so yeah, I, I think gameplay wise, it, it, it really, I do think, I do think they really find success and like in the main stuff, but then also just like the open world stuff, right? There's just like fun little things that don't, aren't like a huge like all right i'm gonna start the side quest and now it's gonna turn into like three other quests or whatever which like 
the recent games are known to do, right? This is like, oh, you got to collect some golden shards, pickpocket this this man to to get this golden shard and uh like you're gonna collect a bunch of these to unlock a cool thing or you know there's a buddy of yours who's trying to help fund a rebellion he wants like neat little trinkets to be able to sell for high value to help uh fund this rebellion so you got to go pickpocket uh those people and like that'll be like a, a like a a bit of a harder pickpocket thing where it's like uh kind of like a like a it's like a diamond or a square diamond. on the side, right, Tim? And so as it comes in, you have to hit the button at the right time. Yeah. Most of the general pickpockets is really forgiving. The special ones for these missions are really gotcha. tight. So yeah, they're like really it. tight. You have to like but really it's so like pick addictive. It. It's so addicting. Oh and God. then it's like, but it also leans into like, they, they really want you to kind of be stealthy, right? And to, to not get caught. And so like kind of transition uh, this into like the, the stealth versus, versus combat and all this stuff. Right of like we know from the recent RPG stuff, like they wanted a bit more of uh, a balance between the two of like you can be as stealthy as you can uh, as like combat heavy as you want and all that stuff. And I think again, that's why this is refreshing is that yes. at least for me, by the end of both the uh, Cassandra's journey and Avor's journey and the RPG ones, I was fucking a combat god. Yeah, there was no more stealthing. I'd walk into a mm. camp and like let's go poison arrows, poison hell yeah things and just destroy. <laughs> so being in here again, it feels very batman-esque of like all right i am back to the shadows this is the way yep. to do it this is, you know if i get discovered i'd often just run rather than fight yep. run lose it they have a whole new notoriety system lose the you know the multi-levels of people coming after you or whatever and mm. then come back in and go at it that way uh yeah and they bring uh, let me let me cut you off real quick i want to keep talking mm, how first, rude i want to hear a word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by doordash did you burn your last piece of toast have the avocados gone bad is the hot sauce bottle empty? You can try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. You already know how much all of us here at Kind of Funny love DoorDash, but with thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. You want even more value? You can save on all of your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutes right in the app and best-in-class customer support, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code KINDA at checkout. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code KINDA. Don't forget, that's code KINDA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. This episode's brought to you by Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Every purchase supports the Shady Rays Impact Program, which works directly with nonprofits and their communities to empower and make adventure accessible for all walks of life. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can try for yourself the shades rated 50% 
five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, that's shadyrays.com. Use the code kinda funny. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. And it has surprised multiple of my friends and people at Kind of Funny how many subscriptions they have that they forgot they are still paying for. That's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money. It's so easy to cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bills and Rocket Money will take care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Go for it, Ben. Yeah, and so I, I really appreciate of like the for people who've missed the kind of more stealth focused stuff, right? Like, yes, there is combat. Uh, and I think the easy thing they could have done was just uh, just bring back the combat of old. You know, you're surrounded by five people. You hit triangle once and you auto kill all of these dudes. Whereas the combat here, I felt like is a bit more mixed of like there is some elements from the old school stuff, but like also uh, bringing in some of the more modern like RPG stuff where it is the shoulder buttons that you're using like yeah. R1 uh, to attack, L1 to parry. Uh, but like it's not always guaranteed that if you parry, you're going to like do an auto kill on three people, four people. Like sometimes if you parry, there's not a guarantee that you're going to auto kill just like one person. Uh, I felt like I, I found myself like having to like either kind of like wear people down a little bit. Like I wasn't always getting like a an auto kill, but I liked that because and it's also one of those things where uh, like the combat AI wasn't like the days of old where yeah, they're all like kind of standing around you and then one of them's waiting to attack and then like the other one will slowly attack after that. The AI is a little bit more like the modern games where like they're all going to attack you whenever they feel like it. So it's like you can get really overwhelmed really fast. If I've got like five or six people around me, it's like, oh, man, this is probably a hotspot I did not want to get into. You do have the tools to be able to get out of it. Uh, but I, I did appreciate of like they, they really want you to try to like be as stealthy as possible. So a question for, for all of you here is, do you think that this game kind of being more uh, in the style of the originals, but obviously with a lot of the, the learnings of the, the more modern RPG titles, does it feel like it's kind of like taking the right things from both? And does this feel like a new Assassin's Creed vertical going forward? Or does this feel like uh, this was a fun experiment that they did to kind of just have this here? And do you want to I would certainly there? prefer this going forward. Yeah. Even if it doesn't, even if this is the only, the first one and only one that stays this small, mm. because I think it, it makes, it's not, it doesn't feel so nakedly like it's trying to chase a thing, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's not just as much as I like to play, you know, right. It's not simple, like to the combat aspect, which is, I think the most unique thing about Mirage. I think most of Mirage is kind of like taking the best parts of like one, two and like things in a little bit of unity and kind of like, how do we make them feel new again? Um, you know, the density of the cities in Unity, the the pickpocketing and 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 the notoriety of two. Um the the combat feels really like how do we make stealth feel important? 
you make combat feel less important or you feel mm-hmm. less you get you take some agency away from you in combat mm-hmm. and it's not like you can't do it right you, you could if you're if you're real good you can definitely fight your way out of four guard or six four to six guards like and just but i don't think you're gonna murder your way through camps like you could in the in the past three mm-hmm. um Bastion only has one weapon type he doesn't have long combos he can kind of weave light and heavy attacks make your own combos um everything is like you know stamina and health based kind of like Sekiro but you know not as deep um a lot of the things that you can do uh by default in other games like parry and roll over enemies or in, and stuff like that you have to unlock here so really you're spending a, you're basically kind of just attacking and parrying and hoping you don't die um restricting melee combat like that is like a great way to get stealth games for you to like lean into stealth mm-hmm. that was the whole tenshu thing back in the ps2 era like melee was so i mean to tenshu's tenshu's problem was i it was in the ps1 era ps2 era they just didn't really know how to make combat but the combat was so poor that you kind of had to stealth because you're not going to be able to fight out these ways or uh, the original uh, metal Gear felt like that too even t- even up to two and three it's like aiming is so elaborate that and, and you can't auto target anything yeah. so you it, it's almost a detriment mechanically to openly engage anyone mm-hmm. so you never want to so then you, all your stealth options need to be that much more important it feels to the same extent in mirage i don't think it's as broke it doesn't feel broken necessarily like like tenshu 2 kind of does if you play it again or like Metal Gear, like a Snake Eater kind of feels sometimes when, you, when you're trying to like run around third person with a gun trying to aim, hit a person in the head. It feels a little broken. This doesn't feel broken. It feels intentional. You can, you, you are powerful. You are definitely capable, but not more capable than seven dudes with swords. So <laughs> figure it out. And there's also a lot more things to interact with in all these, all, the, all these camps. So, you know, if you never were the kind of person that used a trap in, you know, Odyssey or or origins like you are far more empowered to do so now because hey, the traps are everywhere there's always people standing near them even if you don't catch a lot of people you can always catch somebody yeah. they are loud so you'll always ever like you know catch a guard's attention there's always a reason to do it because you're always going to get something out of it um and there's so many of them yeah and some of them respawn or whatever it's like you're rewarded for doing the stealth thing so much more than the, the melee thing this time and i think that's like a very important thing that should go forward and then, yeah, like the the gear and stuff, uh, like the the stuff that you can slowly unlock throughout the the game. Of like, there's the the classic like blow darts, and like the there's little like uh, gear traps that you can set as well, and like smoke bombs. Like all feel more geared towards uh, like encouraging you to do stealth. And I, I found myself like using almost all of them more so than like uh, in like most Assassin's Creed games, game, where it's yeah. like you usually find like your one or two. You're like, I know how to do this. I know how to nail it, and like use it to kind of traverse my way through this uh, whole stealth area. Right. Um, but I, f- I felt myself like kind of wanting to use everything to like fully uh, kind of like, I don't know, just to be uh, again, be the sneakiest boy. Um, but yeah, like to, to bring it back to your question of, I, I would love if they continued down this route. Um, I don't know. I'd be interesting to interested to, to learn of like what their success was with like Valhalla, especially that being like the beefiest of the open world games that they've come out with. Um, like they found some, like they definitely found success with origins and Odyssey of like, kind of like 
breathing new life, different life into into the series. But it's been eight years, and you know, like I think the the biggest thing about the original Assassin's Creed, um, kind of like design and all this stuff is that it was never bad it was never like broken yes there were some bad entries and there were some you know maybe uh they tried to learn how to climb on all natural environments a little too quickly in ac3 that it broke a lot um but the formula was always like good and tight you know and the only problem was it with it was we got eight, nine games within eight years so we we're like super burnt out on it uh and so I, I i would love to see this kind of assassin's creed game not every year, not like the days yeah. of old, but uh, like I would love this like every two a little or three refresher years. Here, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I, if, I mean, next one's red, right? That's feudal Japan. That's the one we've all wanted for so long. Right. Uh, my hope with that one is that it contracts. I because I, I do love the RPG. I hope it contracts from Valhalla and hits around that Odyssey area. I mm-hmm. hope it, it. We have a compelling character uh, who's behind the blade. I want to be able to go in, especially in that system in a very ghost of Tsushima way be able to build out more well is it assassin am i a swordsman am i you know whatever it's going to be that way uh but i hope there's i think there's lessons to be learned from here but i do love the giant rpg you are charting your own course what decisions are you making where are you going with that right like i think one of the reasons this works so well as a linear tale as a smaller game is the idea that it's always that problem of you know where this character's going. Like, yep. we know where Bossom's going to end up, at least in terms of Eivor, right? Bas- Bassam? They say, they, I struggled in uh, Valhalla to pronounce it, and then I, I, I had it for this, and I've lost it again. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know where that's going to end up there, right? So this one is a little bit more like, all right, this is the story to get you there. Whereas when I get one, what, what I love about Odyssey, what I you know loved but didn't love in the grand scheme of things, uh, is just the idea uh, of, with Valhalla was the idea of, hey, here is a story. Who are you going to make? Who are you going to be? Who are you going to build? I do mm-hmm. like that. Uh, the, really quick of like, uh, just uh, you reminded me of, just like, I, I love opening up the menu and going to the skill tree and it's like, what, 15 skills or something like that? I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. And like, Especially I, I, again after Valhalla where you open it up and oh, am I doing red, gold, or blue and what yeah. the fuck? And honestly, I, I personally loved Valhalla's like uh, kind of uh, like uh, upgrade system. Uh, I know I was like one of the one of the few who really enjoyed it uh, compared to, to Odyssey and Origins. Uh, but it was just like really nice to just be like, okay, like cool. Like I only have to worry about these 15 things. And like, what do I specifically want to track? Do I want to like, upgrade my bird and like have my bird, bird uh be like uh, uh seeing things like really uh quickly or do i want to you know uh upgrade more of like the the stealth side of things and and all this stuff uh and so yeah it was just really nice to to kind of be in more in that linear track uh like you were saying greggy um but yeah i i would love a future where, where we can have both it'll be i think it'll be up to ubisoft to see like how well this does i, I don't know like i don't know when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. 
When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Of just the selling point of like, hey, this is like the old Assassin's Creeds that you used to know and love back in the day for this to be super successful. Um, like, I haven't heard a lot of like chit chatter about people being super excited for this game, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But yeah, I would I would love a, a, a follow up to to this, whether it's with a uh, boss in between this game and Valhalla, whether it's a different story, whether it's red. I don't know. Also, I got very surprised when uh, I, I I called my bird uh, near an enemy camp and uh, an asshole with an arrow uh, shot at him. And I was like, how the hell are you, bird? Wow. But I, I do love that of like, that's a little bit of a, a mix between old and new, right? Like the, um, the bird, uh, I forget his, his name in this game. Um, but in the recent like RPG games, you can call on your bird and he'll like mark, you can use him to kind of like mark enemies and all this stuff. But there are certain enemy camps where there would be like, no, no birds, no birds are, are flying around here. So they'll nope. shoot them off. So then you can't rely on that. So you have to like the kind of first piece of the puzzle, if you want it to be, is to be like, all right, how do I get up to that guard who's got the bow and arrow to stealth my way up there and then take him out and then be able to call in uh, my, my big bird boy to be able to mark enemies? Or you don't even have to do that if you don't want. If you want to just play it old school uh, and it's like really just try to navigate it just on your own, you can. Um, which again, I, I, I think there are a lot of smart lessons here that are probably going to be a bit more subtle for people who haven't played like an old school Assassin's Creed in eight years. Like these are things that are popping up in my head and stuff just because, yeah, I did Assassin's Creed in review a couple of years ago. So I replayed a bunch of them like just a few years ago. So it's just like all of that stuff is just like kind of in the front of the mind, but it's a lot of like really cool stuff. I think it, it'll be interesting. I, I, I do think walking away from this, uh, people being like, Oh, it was like, it was nice to go back, but it wasn't anything like crazy special, but I don't know. I, th I think this is a, a cool first step, hopefully for the future. A 99 writes in and says, what would you say is a game from the franchise that this one feels most like, or is it just a big culmination of all of them as an Assassin's Creed fan? I haven't really felt too much hype for this one personally. Like I said, AC one and two, I would say is just like the, um, definitely the gameplay and design wise, like the, what this game feels the most like with little little trinkets and little sprinkles of of other games but those those are the the big two i would say um Ryoski says uh they keep saying it's short does it have a lot of side content like odyssey or valhalla to fill it out yeah but i don't i don't find the side content to be all that um engaging i think there are two maybe really big side chains you can do that is that I think one of them actually isn't even a side chain. It's just, it becomes sort of mandatory eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but this contracts, um, which is their sort of recurring quest system um, that I only really ever engaged with to get stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a, um, there's a, a, it's a reliable way to get money and is, uh, and tokens, which are um, little items you can get, you can give to certain people for favors or whatnot. Like, yeah, you, like there's you can a merchant hire... token that you can give to um, merchants to lower their prices. Yeah. Or like um, mer you can hire mercenaries or like, yeah. it can even be helpful in some of like the bigger stealth missions of like, Oh, like, Oh, this, uh, this servant dude, like maybe he'll uh, unlock some doors for you, but you got to have like one of these specific tokens. And like, you can do that by like uh, doing some of the, the uh, message board stuff or just like, 
pickpocketing random people yeah, or, or stealing it yeah yeah there's exactly. no way to know who has it on the field so you just steal a bunch of stuff and eventually you'll get that like i never felt like i was really hurting for these tokens mm. so i didn't really feel like i needed a reason to do these things i personally am fine with that i would i'd rather have like you know the, this very big long uh chess or, or maybe not even that long but a, a, a very direct uh easy to find sort of compelling main quests and all the side stuff is ancillary Mm -hmm. there isn't side quests like you know i there's a baby stuck in a tree and that baby's actually a goblin there's nothing like that yeah um there are there there are some cool i i I ran into some cool um uh, I, I think it was like Tales of Baghdad. Uh, yes, that yeah, was I was going to say, there's touching. like two They're, tiers of these things. Yeah, and those are really cool, like nice little like five to ten minute stories. Uh, I don't want to spoil either of them just because like they're not like huge like story beats, but they're just like, oh shit, like this was like a really touching but also all, kind of sad and like f- like I, I came off as like the bad guy a little bit in one story and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't, I kind of didn't want to come off as the bad guy and I feel like I had an opportunity not to, but like that was really cool. Uh, like the premise for another one is like a kid is essentially up near like one of the synchronization, uh, synchronization points and he like was dared to like jump uh, off of it <laughs> and you go up there to like uh, be like, hey, like you scared? Like what's up? And so there's like a little like cute little stories like that, but I would say nothing on like the crazy like, all right, I'm starting one side quest that's going to open up a, a bunch of other side quests. I think there's enough there to like definitely fill it out, but it's not like overwhelming, I would say, like the the RPG games. JDH writes in and says, as somebody who's never played an Assassin's Creed game, would this be a good one to start with, Jared? What do you think? I I say it at the end of my review. This is the one I would recommend to people. Wow. Um, <laughs> before any other one. Um, and that's not, it's the, I don't think this is my favorite one. I don't think it has my favorite things in it. But I think it has, if there was ever like a thesis statement for what I like about Assassin's Creed, I think it's in Mirage. And I think it's the best form it is in Mirage because it was made, you know, in 2023 and not, you know, 2007. It's a condensed, Um, uh, you nail it. It's a condensed, hey, this is why Assassin's Creed is great. Yes. If you were ever curious of why people like this, I think if you leave this game and still don't know, then you probably don't like this game. I don't know why they like it. Really quick before we get to any other questions, uh, one of my notes here, I, I just put bugs question mark because throughout the series, you know, bugs have always been like an interesting question. Literally thought you meant insects for a second. Oh, I was like, no. is, there, is there an insect <laughs> part of this beetles? coming up? Or like, um, you're collecting weird beetles? I didn't, run into, I didn't run into a lot of bugs. Obviously, there's the classic Assassin's Creed jank because you can climb and parkour and everything. There's like the weird every once in a while. I, I felt it the like not as much in this game, but every once in a while, if like I want to jump over to that rope and it's like, Boston's like, Okay, I'm going to climb down. It's like, ah, that's not what I told you to do, but whatever. Uh, there's like some clunkiness here and there. The The one big bug that I, I ran into is uh, there's a town that you start off in. Uh, I, th- I think it's called Anbar. Uh, Jared, correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong there. Um, mm-hmm. At one point when you're in the, the, the big city, right, there's a story beat and it kind of like transports you over to to Anbar and you have like a story beat. You're back at like your your old little house and then you walk outside and because like I know on the back end of the game, it's like, oh, I was literally in like the big city like five seconds ago and it yeah, transported yeah, yeah. me all the way over here. So like the city or the like little town didn't load in like super well. And so I'm just seeing like big like chunks of just like 
sand colored like boxes and yeah. stuff like that. Everything's still interactable. Like there's a wall that like I couldn't see any of like the assets loaded in on, but I had a wanted poster there and I could still rip it off and stuff. And then the interesting thing was I was that was in like the last five hours of the game. So I go back to the big city, you know, do the the last couple of things there, and then I have to ha- uh, head back to Anbar for like one of the last like story beats. And Anbar's still like that after hours. I was like, huh. I think this is just what this town is like. That's now. just your Anbar guy. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> what I've done to it. I uh, did this. Yeah, and then uh, Kevin's actually showing up here. Uh, a, an interesting uh, stealth ability that I know people have a lot of questions on, um, which is like the, you know, you can hold down R three and then select a bunch of people to kind of like quickly assassinate. Um, and I know a lot of people were kind of worried about that if it was going to feel cheap or whatever. Does it make sense in the world? Um, it is interesting. I I felt like I definitely would uh lean on it in like a quick pinch of like oh man there's like these four guys like all next to each other and like i there's no way like i can really stealth myself out of that so i'm gonna like use that i never felt like i was using it like too much like uh, yeah yeah, like uh like the my the only comparison i can come up with is like arkham origins where he's got the electric gloves where you start like once that's introduced you're like all right i'm just gonna mess up fools all the time yeah Uh, i never felt like i relied on it too much and then lore wise why it's there like i have a story in my head of why it makes sense but i i can understand why it doesn't make yeah uh, yeah, they make absolutely no effort to tell you why redemption people in the room does happen at a certain story beat and like because I'm such a dork who knows all of like the, or not all of, but a lot of like the recent Assassin's Creed lore, I'm like, okay, I, I think I know what they're trying to do here. Um, so yeah. I uh, found it kind of, ba- it's pretty balanced, I think, because yeah. you have to kind of earn it. Yes. Like you can, you, you spend it, but then you have to stealth kill basically to build the bar up so you can't spam it. Yeah. Um, you only do so much at once. So I, I never, I, you, I really think you can't abuse yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think they designed around it in, in really smart ways. Yeah. This, this question, we, uh, I don't think y'all have answered explicitly. We've talked around it a little bit, but Austin writes in and says, does it feel like DLC but bigger, or does it feel like a full-length game that got the love and care it deserved? I think both, honestly. Like, it's, hmm. it's intri- uh, like I, I say both only because I think uh, the original premise for this was it was going to be DLC for Valhalla, if I'm re- remembering That's that correct. correctly. And... I like looking at the game, looking at the structure of the game, I can definitely see the part where it's like they like might have added in a little bit more into the middle to make it feel a bit more like a full length game rather than like a seven to ten hour experience. I could definitely see that where I'm like, all right, this kind of center part of the story where we're just kind of going through the motions and killing people that I don't really care about in any way, shape or form. I can see that kind of being like where it was like the original kind of plan of being a a, a bit more tight some of the the storylines i feel like probably would have been more of the main focus um but then at the same time like i i do think even though like the story stuff in the middle wasn't hitting i do think they uh like the again the design of the world uh exploring baghdad and uh just uh everything else around it i i do think they did put a lot of care into it for it to be its own game i don't know if you agree jared I do. I think if anything, this is um you can you can call it maybe spinoffy, right? Like this this is not what the series has looked like up for the past ten years. So it looks a little different, a little smaller. Um, I think small is not necessarily an indication of you know smaller scope or smaller desire for this as a as a DLC or expansion. 
uh, as versus a you know a larger AAA game. This is a AAA experience for yeah. all intents yeah. and purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think definitely though, I can see a world where this game exists as a side series alongside a you know going back to the uh, the, the RPG kind of things and these things living together. Yeah. Um, if you want, you know this kind of experience go to the mirage series you want the other kind of experience go to you know the Valhalla series or whatever jumping in real quick even though it's early for me obviously i haven't done it my in these five hours that i'm playing and i mean from the start all the way to the end here like i've been i I wore off i guess but i was shocked like oh this this feels like a triple a experience like jared's saying this doesn't feel like it and obviously you wouldn't expect that something can start as an idea of dlc and become much more than blah blah but as somebody who's played so many assassin's creed dlcs i'm rarely if ever wowed uh, yeah. you know i i think if the most recent example would be when they did they gave more to odyssey on top of valhalla and had them cross over like i like that gimmick of it i like that part of it but doing those dlcs it always felt like somebody like just put the chip in the back that was like okay there's new missions yeah. and granted i'm not trying to take away from druids in ireland and a new area and blah blah but even when I, I think I maybe even tinkered with that one when it came out, it was the idea of like, okay, this still feels like the same game. This doesn't feel to me like it's in Valhalla. This doesn't mm. feel like I'm playing something that is existing in another game, even though it's in the same world. Yeah. Very interesting. Jared, you wrote in a question. Should this game have smell-o-vision? Let's start with you. So I got this question. I thought about this for a little bit. Because I was standing in, you know, one of the many assassins bureaus and everyone's kind of standing very close, yelling, very upset. You know, tensions are high. Uh, the rebellion is on. The, the Calefe is, uh, we're, we're about to loosen the iron grip he has in the city. But I just couldn't stop thinking about how crazy it must smell in there. Mm. And yeah, like, accurate. how sweaty it is. If being able to smell the, the tension, the, the sweat on the brows, would that like further immerse me? Mm. Did anyone get to play this game? The shirt with the shirt. No, no. Like the shirt's next thing, mask. Yeah. Then you yeah. get the smells. You get hit, and you get to smell it. Damn. Or what if the shirt just sweats and you start smelling that? And then you can. Yeah, there that's you go. good too. There you go. Yeah. There you go. We'll get Save Mike money. on that because I know Mike's really into the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine playing this game with that shirt, Greg? Now that you're actually playing through it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid gimmicky rumbly whatever garbage. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess I could experience. I can imagine. You want to break a rib jumping off a building? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's the thing is like how many times you know you. It's like only when you're screwing. Ow, ah, you know what yeah, I mean? When you yeah. screw up the parry when you're getting t- nailed by somebody. Yeah. Um, we're wrapping up here a little bit, but uh, I, I want to bring up a question from Imran Khan. Actually, why won't they bring back the competitive multiplayer that was a big part of some of those early Assassin's Creed two type games? Do you guys want to see that? And like, do you think that they might end up putting that out eventually as a different type of spinoff game? Because they're fucking cowards. That's why they won't do it, Imran. Because Brotherhood and I think two, uh, but definitely Brotherhood, great, awesome, like, uh, multiplayer. So weird and different. Um, not the beefiest or, like, most complex thing, but it was just fun to, like, all right, let's like. I'm gonna try to be stealthy and avoid like all the. Like, I gotta look like. I look like a computer. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm an I gotta, I gotta pretend to be NPC an AI. And don't mind me. Stuff. And they're like, Mike was playing another game uh, that like I think came out this year, where the whole point is that you have to like try to disguise yourself as like you're like an AI kind of controlled thing. Um, <laughs> dude, the multiplayer back in the day was great. They should bring it back. Maybe it'll be part of uh, Infinity. A, 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 oh, that's what I was gonna wait. Yeah. I was like, with, with Infinity, anything's possible. Oh, Drop a multiplayer yeah. mode in that. You know what? Ubisoft should do though. Mm. It's just release Skull and Bones. <laughs> do that first. 
and then then worry about Assassin's Creed multiplayer. We'll start, yeah. we'll start there, yeah. maybe, yeah. and we'll we'll see otherwise. Uh, Barrett, then I want to kind of wrap this up, revisiting Assassin's Creed in review. That's you have your rankings currently. Would you like to add this to those rankings? That's a great, that's a great question, Tim. Kevin, play my intro. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Assassin's Creed in Review, a kind of funny games in review special where I, Barrett Courtney, review and rank the games in the Assassin's Creed franchise. You've already heard the review for Assassin's Creed Mirage, so we're just going to get right back into it. Uh, Kevin, let's take a look at the, the first image that we have here, which was the ranking that we had at the end of Assassin's Creed in review. Uh, currently, number one is uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, number two, Valhalla, number three, Origins, number four, Black Flag, number five, Brotherhood, number six, AC2, number seven, Odyssey, Boo. number eight, Rogue, number nine, <laughs> AC3, number 10, Revelations, number 11, AC Unity, and number 12, the original Assassin's Creed. This is a scientifically uh, proven uh, ranking wrong, here. There's the, no the, argument. Four out of five dentists back this list. Four out of five. Five Dennis back this list. Um, I think with everything said here, right? Throw it back I, up, Kev. Yeah, if you can I want to see why. I want to see. I want to see where he puts it in the. In yeah, the yeah, list. yeah, unless yeah. you probably have a new. Yeah, one. I. 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 Too much power, Tim. Yeah. Too much power. Too much responsibility. So, so the thing is, I think this is a solid entry. I think this is an exciting thing for fans who have missed the old formula. I do think it, it plays it a little bit safe in uh, some of the design, but I, I do think they make a lot of uh, smart decisions of modernizing the old school Assassin's Creed formula. I think the story is solid enough. I think it's uh, got a really good premise that starts in like the first few hours. Um, I think the, the biggest problem that I, that I have with the story personally is, uh, and this is something I talk about in Assassin's Creed in review is, uh, uh, these games mostly have a villain problem. There's just mm -hmm. never like the, the 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 interesting villains are few and far between. I know you can shout out the Pope from AC2. That's not an interesting shout character. It's like it's cool that you have to like kill the Pope at the yeah. end of AC2, <laughs> but like he's not an interesting character, right? Uh, like shout out to Hatham Kenway. Uh, shout out to a lot of the the villain and antagonist stuff from Origins and Valhalla and stuff. Uh, so I would th I would say that's like the biggest detriment to the story. I personally love all the weird lore shit that like you may or may not get it, uh, near the the final hours of this game. I don't know if that's going to hit for everybody, but I personally was into it. So this is the interesting thing. I, I think with this being a great game, I think the entire or most of the series is great. I would have to put this kind of more in the middle of the road. So hold on, let me pull it up on my end really quick before we reveal uh, the ranking here. I would put Mirage below Assassin's Creed 2, but above AC Odyssey. So uh, at number seven, just because I think it's a good solid entry. I don't think it has any of like, the highs of AC2 of like some of the biggest moments like the who is Desmond moment is still one of the best moments in video games of all time oh, but I it's don't so good <laughs> remember so that good. shit fuck that hit god it's so good but I don't think it has like look at like, the camera we're like oh yeah. god you can see me yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it has like 
the like valleys and the lows of AC2 or uh, AC1 or anything like that. So I think it's a nice like solid like right in the middle. So there you have it. The new ranking is number one, AC Syndicate. Number two, Valhalla. Number three, Origins. Number four, Black Flag. Number five, Brotherhood. Number six, AC2. Number seven, Mirage. Number eight, Odyssey. Number nine, Rogue. Number 10, AC3. Number 11, Revelations. Number 12, uh, AC Unity. And number 13, Assassin's Creed. And this was a redemption for myself to remake this ranked list because someone pointed out to me months after Assassin's Creed in review uh, came out that I had misspelled Assassin's Creed at the bottom and I had only put in three, <laughs> I only put in three S's and not four. So this is a, a nice little redemption moment for me. So there you have it. I'm proud of you. Now the fourth S is in there, but it's not where you think. <laughs> so true. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about this game over the next couple months as Greg keeps playing it. Uh, Jared, where can people find you? Uh, find me at the internet. Um, just yeah, go to your Google search bar and put in at the internet. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you can't do that because you don't have the secret power that I do, just go to Twitter or X um, at Jarrett John. Um, if you don't want to do that, go to IGN.com and uh, search my name where I am a frequent contributor. Um, that is probably where all I'll be tweeting about is the games that I am reviewing there or professional wrestling. Hell, Hell yeah. Yes. Uh, and Barrett, thank you so much for leading this review. Remember, you can check thank out you. Assassin's Creed in review right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Let us know in the comments below uh, if, if this review sold you or unsold you on Assassin's Creed Mirage, what you were expecting, what you want to see, all of that stuff. Uh, and until next time, I love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>